In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. It's good to be with you all here on this wintry morning. I don't know about you, but I was completely astonished to wake up and find that the world had been covered with snow. It's a nice surprise. Today we're celebrating the fact that on this day, eight days after his birth, our Lord was circumcised and received the name Jesus. The current prayer book calls today the holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a euphemism. In less squeamish days, it was called simply the circumcision of Christ. But either way, what's the big deal? The circumcision and naming of a Jewish boy is something that happens all the time. Why have a feast in honor of such a seemingly mundane event? One part of the answer to this question is suggested by something St. Paul says in the passage from Romans we read just now. I should stress that it's just part of the answer. There's a lot more that could be said, but I'm mindful of the fact that last evening was also New Year's Eve, uh, so we won't trespass on you. So back to St. Paul. He says that the goal of his ministry is for obedience to the faith, or as another translation says, to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of the name of Jesus. The phrase, the obedience of faith, is the key here. It's what Christ demonstrates in his circumcision. And it's why this action he suffers is, like everything he does, for us. Do you remember how circumcision began? It began as a sign of God's covenant with Abraham. You could think of it as a reminder to both parties to remain faithful to the terms of the covenant. On the one hand, it signified God's commitment to keep his promises Abraham. It was a sign that God would not let the sacrifices Abraham made and would make come to nothing. On the other hand, it signified Abraham's responsibility to believe God, to obey God, trusting that God would give what he had promised to give. It was a sign of God's call to Abraham to walk before me and be blameless. It was a summons to humble and complete obedience. Let me put it a little bit differently. The story of Abraham begins with God's call and Abraham's obedience. The Lord tells Abram, just out of the blue one day, go from your country and from your kindred and from your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you. It's a dramatic summons to leave everything he knows and set off into the unknown. And what does Abraham do? Well, the narrative of Genesis is devastatingly direct. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, we read. The Lord says, go, so Abraham goes. That's it, no hemming, No hauling, just the obedience of faith. 
This was to be the fundamental characteristic of Abraham's descendants. This is what circumcision was meant to be the sign of. What the Lord says to do, I will do. As a male descendant of Abraham, the Lord Jesus underwent circumcision. He did so in order to set an example of obedience. For it's through his perfect obedience that Christ saves us. As St. Paul puts it, as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Christ's circumcision is part of his obedience, whereby many are made righteous. Through his perfect obedience to his Father, the Lord Jesus undoes the effects of Adam's disobedience. Christ's circumcision was part of his emptying himself for our sakes. It was part and parcel of his humble descent on our behalf. Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. And so theologians have seen the blood shed in Christ's circumcision as the beginning of his passion. Thus, in the words of the poet Richard Crashaw, the words, excuse me, the wounds of Christ's circumcision are what he calls cradle torments, which are also the first fruits of his growing death. And John Milton says that Christ, in his circumcision, seals obedience first with wounding smart, but oh, ere long, huge pangs and strong will pierce more near his heart. There's a phrase from one of the canticles in morning prayer that brings all this home to me. It's a quotation from Psalm 95. It goes like this. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. This text, for me, brings all this talk about circumcision full circle. It helps me to see what all this has to do with me and with you. It helps me see that it's ultimately a matter of the heart. Real circumcision, says St. Paul, is a matter of the heart. What matters is ultimately the obedience of faith or as St. Paul expresses it, faith working through love. Today, we remember Christ perfectly embodied the obedience of faith. And we give thanks that through his death and resurrection, we are able to share in his obedience. That by the power of the Holy Spirit, he's working in us to transform our hearts to bring about the obedience of faith, that we might love the Lord our God with all of our heart and with all of our soul, that we might live. 
We remember that we find our perfect freedom in serving him. That our humble obedience is the way to lasting happiness. And so we begin the new year by putting first things first. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.